Hey, welcome everyone. Hop on Church. It's an honor to have you joining us online and everyone else that's coming in. We just appreciate you. We welcome you as our own family. Hey, we also want to send out a great big God bless you to all of those who have sacrificed their lives here in our country. Uh, all of our soldiers, we appreciate the sacrifices, marriages, families uh, that are military. We want to say thank you so much this Memorial Weekend. We are so grateful and so honored uh, to call you our soldiers and we appreciate you from the very depths of our heart. If you see a soldier sometime this week, please reach out to them, love them, pay for their meal, whatever you can do, do something, give them a big blessing. But we want to, first of all, just take a moment to honor all the soldiers, those who have passed on from serving, but also all of those that are currently serving. We love you, appreciate you. We pray for you every single day here at High Point Church. Thank you for joining in, tuning in today. I am really excited to share with you the Word of God that has been coming and stirring up in my spirit. I believe it is a word in season, and it will strengthen each and every single one of you. The title of my message is Untouchable. I believe God wants to make you untouchable. Now, there's four primary ways that God protects us. In the world that we live in, almost every direction you look, there is potential harm. Yet God's very nature is to protect us from all evil. And there are four ways that he primarily protects us according to the studies of God's word. One is his word. Two is the blood, the blood of Jesus. Three, angels. And four, the name, the name of Jesus. Those are the four primary ways that God protects us. And it is, once again, his very nature to protect you from all harm and all evil. In fact, he's more protective over us than we'll oftentimes receive from him. And that's my challenge to you today is to open up and to let him protect you in greater ways. In fact, I remember a number of years ago, I was in a, a meeting with a number of coworkers, and we we're doing some small talks, just chatting. And one of them opens up with a joke. Well, they go on and they talk about this joke for a few moments. And once the person gets to the punchline, all of a sudden it sounded like everything went on mute. And it was quiet for me, but then I heard a bunch of laughing. Now, I thought that was really unusual, but I said uh, later that day to the Lord, because in my spirit, I felt like I shouldn't ask him to repeat what the punchline was, uh, but I said, Lord, what, what happened? Well, that very night, the Lord showed me exactly what happened. He uh, gave me a dream, and it replayed the scenario, and everybody was in the room, just like we had been that day during the meeting. And there was a massive, though, this was the difference, though, there was a massive man standing behind me. If you've ever seen Mr. Clean, you know what I'm talking about. He looked just like Mr. Clean, but he was big, he was tall, he was massive. Standing right behind me, and they were telling the joke, the person was telling the joke, when they got to the punchline, this person went like this to my ears and protected me from hearing what was being said. I think about that because... God wants to protect us from hearing anything even inappropriate. Now, Amy has shared with me over the years, too, how many times God has protected her. She had a praying mom, she has this praying mom, that prayed protection over her on a regular basis. And uh, she said there were times where uh, people at school would come up and try and show her something inappropriate, and all of a sudden it would blur over. Let me tell you, God wants to protect you and protect your children and protect your family more than we oftentimes will receive his protection. 
But that's what God wants for us to get into our spirit today, is how much he wants to make us untouchable from all the harm in this world, all the evil in this world. God wants to make you untouchable. And one thing that Amy and I have started praying now over the years is, God, I'm asking that you'd put a guard over my eye gate, my ear gate, and my mouth gate. We pray that over our children. God cause us to see, hear, and speak only what you want us to see, hear, and speak. Now, I love love that because this is powerful. Our eyes, our ears, and our mouth have tremendous power when we receive things in and speak things out. And so the more we allow God to put a guard over our eyes, our ears, our mouth, I'm telling you, we will begin to declare and decree things that we need to be speaking into existence, things that we need to be saying into our future. Now, here's something I want you to think about is some of you probably can relate with me, but I know when I first gave my life to Jesus, it literally felt like a spiritual bubble I was in. Now, I've talked to many people over the years, and they say the same thing. When they received Jesus Christ, it felt like a spiritual bubble that they were protected from all harm, all evil. Now, God wants to keep you in that spiritual bubble all the days of your life. I sense that spiritual bubble all around me, still to this day. And God wants you to have that. In fact, the Bible is loaded with this confirmation that there is indeed a spiritual bubble of protection all around you. In fact, in Psalm 91, verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place. He who dwells. He who dwells. Let me tell you, God wants us to, here's the key word, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That is the key to our protection is the word abiding. That's our part in all of this. In other words, there is an obedience part for us. If we're willing and we're obedient, the more we come to comprehend and recognize the voice of the shepherd. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they do not follow. The more we recognize the voice of the shepherd, the more we go in that direction. And that's where I want to talk about today is the word. The four primary ways, as I just mentioned a few moments ago, I want to highlight and hone in on the word. Because God's word is final authority. Now, sometimes people need to come and comprehend also this concept, that there is a difference between uh, dad and father, uh, savior and Lord. They're the same, but there is a difference, and I think a lot of times people continue to keep, once they get into a relationship with Jesus, it's nice to have him as our savior, but it's even better to not just be our savior, but to be our Lord. Because there is a protectiveness that goes with being under the shadow of the Almighty. That means when he gives a command, it's important for us to listen to his command. If he tells us to go a different direction to work, we've got to be obedient for Psalm 91 to be effective in our life. Because Psalm 91 tells us a lot more that leads to verse 16, with long life he will show us his salvation. He will satisfy us with long life. He will satisfy us and show us his salvation. So this is where we want to hone in on this because in verse 4 of Psalm 91, verse 4, it says, His shield and buckler. His truth is our shield and buckler. Now that word truth in the Hebrew, in that whole phrase right there, means his truth surrounds us with protection. His truth surrounds us with protection. In Psalm 125, verse 2, I believe it is, it says that he surrounds us forever. 
Now, God wants to protect us, and one of the key ways he does it is with the command of his word. So when he speaks, we need to understand there is a difference between Savior, thank God, and Lord. It's kind of like this. This is the best analogy I can give you. Let's say, for example, there's a son and a father there in the military together. And the father is a general, and the son is a sergeant. And let's say, for example, the father, who is a general, walks into the company uh, where there's a lot of sergeants, a lot of different privates, and so on like that. And he walks in. What are they going to do? They're going to come to command immediately and say, yes, sir, what can we do for you, sir? And uh, it's a huge honor to have a general walk right into their company. And uh, let's say, for example, uh, General Jones walks up to his son, Sergeant Jones. And he says to him, report to my quarters at 1800. Yes, sir, I'll be there. And at 6 o'clock about that time, that night, he comes, knocks on the quarters of the General Jones. And he opens up and he says, reporting for duty, sir. He says, come in. And he comes in. And all of a sudden, General Jones says to his son, why haven't you been calling mom lately? Mom has really been missing you. There is a difference between General Jones, father, and dad. And a lot of the body of Christ has gotten used to the dad concept. Dad is fun. But father is where the command comes from. And that's why the Bible says, Abba, Father, that we will call him Abba, Father. We need to know the length, the depth, and the breadth of his love. And his love has four faces of love. And one of those sides of love is protection. It is his very nature to protect you, to keep you safe, to keep you in a spiritual bubble. And how he does it, it he does it through his word. In Psalm uh, Proverbs 19.23, Proverbs 19.23, it says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Now, that word fear, once again, we go back to that concept. We've studied this out before in history. That word fear means to honor, to reverence, to respect, to value, to esteem the Lord. And that's where we want to be. If you've ever been at a place, let me put it this way. Let me read the Amplified before I ask you this. In the Amplified Classic, it says, The reverent, worshipful, fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it, rest satisfied. He cannot be visited with actual evil. Now, if you've ever been at a place where, and Amy and I have been in this experience, some of you have been with us long enough, you know what I'm talking about. But when we really get serious about worship, when we worship, I'm talking about really reverence the Lord. When we fall prostrate on our face and when we really give him honor and give him praise. The more serious we are about praising and magnifying and honoring the Lord, the more serious miracles we see. God inhabits the praises of his people. And that's why right now across America, where we know that things have been restricted and why there is this fight about churches assembling again. In fact, very much stated in the Minnesota state, there is this whole concept of, well, we don't want churches to come together and sing. Well, why is that going on right now? Because the devil is absolutely terrified. It's not just about singing. It's about worshiping God. It's about honoring God. It's about reverencing God. And the devil is full of pride. And he doesn't want God's people to worship, come together corporately as a family. And he is fighting this. 
But I'm telling you, when he starts fighting, when you begin praising, and I'm talking about magnifying the promises of God, God's word, and I'm talking about, Lord, if, if there's anything or anyone that's trying to hinder your people from worshiping together corporately. Lord, we're asking right now that you would deal with that in the mighty name of Jesus. And we'll talk about the name of Jesus at another time in this series called Untouchable. But listen, when we start magnifying God's word and honoring God's word, and when we come together to worship together, there is a corporate anointing that begins to fall on the house, on the people of God. And the more serious we are about worshiping, the more serious miracles we will see signs, wonders, and miracles. And over the years, whether we're worshiping in the privacy of our home at times, my wife and I, and we begin to really worship and praise the Lord, I'm telling you, the presence of God fills that house. And when we come together as a family of God, and there's a corporate anointing and a corporate faith that comes together as a body of Christ, the more serious we are about not just singing, but worshiping, reverencing, honoring God. He's not just Savior. He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And I'm telling you, when we fall on our faces in our heart before him and we worship him and reverence him, that his word is final authority. We will see signs, wonders, and miracles. Anything that would try to stop God's people from worshiping together, from assembling together, as the Bible very clearly says, do not forsake the assembling together. Now, I fully respect God's uh, governing authorities that he puts. But when it comes down to the saying somebody, you can't come to worship together, you can't, we'll open casinos, we'll open bars, we can open all this, but the church, you cannot assemble it together. There is something very terribly wrong with that. And this is where we've got to rise up and say, who is our final authority? Who are we going to worship? People or God? Who are we going to honor and reverence and respect? And so in the next several weeks, we're going to have updates because we as a church, we are going to assemble together. We are going to worship together. And if that means drive up services, so be it. But we will worship together and we'll keep you updated on this. But this is where it all comes back down. Whose word are we going to listen to? Who are we going to worship? And yes, we respect when it comes to catastrophes or dangers and things of that nature. I get that. I understand that. There are times where we need to, we need to submit to our authorities. We need to. But our ultimate authority is Jesus Christ. And the more we respect him and his word, the more miracles we will experience in our lives. We cannot be afraid in these last days. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith in this world? Right now, there is a huge amount of fear that's been going on. And we as a church, as a bride of Christ, we need to become fearless. As God said to Joshua, as God said to Moses, be strong, be of good courage. We are God's people. We should be the most confident people. And the reason why we can is because we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God needs us to abide under his shadow. God needs us to stay with him as he leads us. He is the senior pastor. The Holy Spirit is the senior pastor of this church. I am the junior pastor. And the more I stay in sync with his leadership and what he's leading us to do, the more of the blessing, the protection, the favor. Now, someone might say, well, what if I mess up? What if I sin? What if I get off course? I love what the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. It reminds us. Because it's quite simple, actually. You were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The key is, if you mess up, you sin, whatever it is, get back on course. Run to Jesus quickly. It's that simple. He's 
faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess them. And that's all God needs us to do is to stay connected to him, to stay under the shadow of the Almighty. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible goes on to say, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Now, depending on what translation you're reading out of, it may say habitually sin. But ultimately what it's saying is that it's not the same sin over and over. Now, here's the difference. If someone's addicted to drugs or addicted to alcoholism or they're addicted to whatever it might be, and they know that it's affecting their body, it's harming their body, they want to be done with it, there is a freedom in this. But the key is coming to the Lord and saying, God, I don't want this. I want you more than anything else in my life. I want the freedom that comes with Christ, that there should be no addictions on this earth greater than the addiction of Jesus Christ. And when you become truly addicted to Jesus Christ, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the joy of the Lord that becomes our strength, let me tell you, there is addictions that will be broken so fast you can't even blink fast enough. God is more powerful than any addiction, and when you are addicted to Jesus Christ, when you are addicted to God, and you can't get enough of him, I'm telling you, Jesus said, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, he'll quench your thirst, he'll feed you, he'll take care of you, but this is the key, is building that relationship with Christ, knowing him not just as your Savior, but as your Lord. Not just as Lord, but Lord of Lords. Not just as a King, but King of Kings. He needs us to know the power that is in his word. I love this woman who came home from a Bible study one night. She came home to find that there was a burglar in her house. Well, the first thing that came to her mind was Acts 2.38. So she shouts it at the man. Acts 2.38, that was the scripture she was meditating on. The man froze and just stood there. So she calls the police. The police come and pick him up, put him in the car, squad car, bring him down to the jailhouse, and they say to him, um, so what did that scripture terrified you so much to freeze like that? What scripture? She said she had an Acts and 238s. Listen, the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. It's more powerful than any weapon on the face of this earth. God's word it's, I love it. It's, it's our shield and buckler. His truth is our shield and buckler. It is, as Psalm 91 verse 4, it is of surrounding us with protection. God's protection is all around us. We just need to open up and receive it. And we can be in that spiritual bubble. And it goes on in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. It says, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. Keeps himself from what? Keeps himself from continuing to sin over and over. God, I want freedom from this. Lord, I'm running to you. I just want freedom from this. Keeps himself in God. In other words, they're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. They're running to him saying, God, I want you to satisfy me. I want you. I want to look to you. I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to have um, anything that holds me back from my destiny, from my calling, from my fullest potential. I want to reach my God-given dreams. I want to change. You. I want to let go of the weights and the sins of this world. I want you, Jesus, more than anything else in this world. And let me tell you, love flushes out fear, the Bible says, and God is love. And so when you come to him, the evil one cannot touch you, the Bible goes on to say. So the wicked one does not touch him. So that means if you keep yourself in God, keep yourself in love, that is, uh, in God is love, the evil one cannot touch you. It cannot come near you. I love that. Don't you just love that? His word is sharper than a double-edged sword. In Psalm uh, 125, verse 2, once again, he surrounds us forever. This is not just a short-term thing. It's forever. From the moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he surrounds you forever and ever. Truth. Now, that word 
let's hone in on that for a moment because that's the word of God. That's where we want to focus for the rest of our time. John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That word sanctify means to separate. In other words, God, through his word, separates you from the curse, separates you from sickness, separates you from deadly disease, separates you from poverty, separates you from marital and family issues. His truth separates you. His truth, his word separates you. It washes you, as Ephesians 5 says. It washes you. So when you speak the word, it washes you. It cleanses you. It purifies you. His word is what we need in our life more than anything else. That's why I'm so hungry for God. When I first gave my life to Jesus a number of years ago, I had a job that I worked just in the evenings for a few hours or so. And uh, it gave me enough money to pay for my rent and all that stuff. And I could have gotten another job and did something else during the daytime, but I was going back to college. And so I left my daytime available. And before I got back into college, I had a lot of time in the morning to uh, invest with the Lord. So I oftentimes would invest hours a day just reading God's word. And I remember that time was so transformational that I still look back to that time and say, God, am I as hungry for your word that I was when I first gave my life to Jesus? It's a great checkpoint for me to make sure that I'm really pursuing him. And I'm not saying that you have to read the word of God several hours a day, but that is what I needed more than anything else in my life. And to this day, that is what I still need more than anything else in my life. One word from God can change your life forever. Jesus said, I don't live by bread alone. I live by the very word of God. So God's word, when we esteem it and honor and value, because God and his word are one with each other. Jesus said that himself, that I in my word cannot be separated. God's word is one with Jesus. God's word is one with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to have a conflict between the Trinity. They're not going to say, hey, I want you to go in this direction. The Holy Spirit saying, go in this direction. It's going to be one with each other. And the more we stay under that word, the more we stay under the shadow of the Almighty. So we've got to be quick to run to the shadow of the Almighty. Now, what is God saying? Kind of like we just talked about last week. What is he saying? This is where we've got to find out from his word. What's he saying to us? Now, I love the scripture because God has the ability to take the past bring it to the present. Somehow he's able to work all things together for our good. Somehow he's able to make things look like it was all part of the plan, that he's so big and so powerful that he can work all things together for good for those who love the Lord, as Romans 8, 28 says. He also has the ability to take the future and bring it into the present because God is now. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In other words, God works on an eternal timetable of now, right now. So when God says, light be, light is. If God says today is Tuesday, then everything would change to Tuesday. God has the ability to bring everything into the existence of right now. And that's why he calls things that be not as though they are. And when we sync up and we say what God says and we do what God says, we'll get what God says we can have. Now, this is the key, though, is finding out what is God saying. I love what it says in John chapter 11, verse 21 through 22. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, oh, I just want to pause and say that for a moment. Just think about it. Because even now, even now, even now, what if we got to the place, even now, God, 
Your marriage might you look like it's falling apart. Your family looks like it's falling apart. Your finances may look like they're falling apart. I mean, it may look like the economy is falling apart. But even now, but even now, if we can get to that place of just faith and just say, but even now, because God is now. I love that. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. In other words, if you need a miracle in your marriage, you need a miracle in your family, you need a miracle in your finances, even now, God has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, even now. Don't you just love that? I mean, you could, we could sit there and talk the whole the rest of our time about that word. That is a powerful moment. Jesus says to Martha at that point, your, your brother will rise again. Well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection, she says to him. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection. In other words, right now, I can do anything. I can resurrect your marriage. I can resurrect your family. I can resurrect your finances. I can resurrect your business. Even now, if we can get to the place like Martha was, but even now, and we say it in our heart and we say it with our mouth, God can come in on the scene and do a miracle for you no matter what it is. Even now, that sickness has to flee. Even now, that back disease has to go. Even now, that vertebrae, that back has to come into alignment in the name of Jesus. I can hardly wait to get into that next message. Even now, God has the ability to call things that be not as though they are. And when we say, yes, Lord, amen, so be it, then you can have what God says you can have. You can do what God says you can do. And you can right now receive what he says you can have because all of his promises are yes and amen. And God's blessings will indeed chase you down and overtake you, but you've got to get to a place where you at least get to a a neutral and you say, but even now, and start stepping up your faith and saying, God, I know this didn't work out very good in the past, but I believe that you have the ability to resurrect those dreams. Right now, God, I have the, you have the ability to work all things together for my good because I love you, Lord. And that's what he's looking for. That's your qualification because that's what Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. If you love the Lord, say amen, somebody. Now, I want to continue on with this message real quickly because this is what our ultimate authority is, is God's word is your ultimate authority. I love this story of Mark Barkley. Some of you have come to love and appreciate his ministry over the years, uh, but he had a granddaughter just several years ago who drowned in a pool accident. Her hair got uh, sucked into the filtering system. She couldn't get released, and she died there in the pool. She drowned. Well, the paramedics came. They tried to resuscitate her. They tried to do CPR. They tried to do everything, but when the paramedics were there, they were checking for everything. They were checking vital signs. She had not breathed for well over five minutes at that moment. Uh, They just, there was no pulse. The body had already grown cold, and so they were about to say, I'm sorry, there's nothing. They were ready to push the button for a DOA dead on arrival, and uh, to make a long story short, the father let out at that moment when the paramedic was about to say, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do. He let out this blood-curling cry from the depth of his soul that said these words, No, Satan, you can't have my daughter. I am a tither, and the Lord will rebuke you this day. And at that very moment, that paramedic that was there looking about to say something, who was not even a Christian, said that this little girl's body jumped off the ground of the deck of the pool about that high and came back down, and she sat up, and she said, someone's going to need to turn that pool off. 
That is a true story and documented. Let me tell you, that man has his daughter to this day because he understood God's word is final authority. He knew who he was. He knew whose he was. And he knew the promises of God. When we are at a place of what it feels like to be a defeat, this is where Amy and I get excited. We begin to shout. We begin to praise. We begin to walk our island. And we declare the promises of God. We begin to worship God and honor and reverence his word, knowing that his word is final authority. If the circumstances, the situations, the report don't line up with God's word, it doesn't matter what it looks like because we're going to choose to walk by faith and not by sight. And this is my word of encouragement to you. God can take anything and everything and begin to work it together for your good. When you stand on God's word, his final authority, you can have what he says you can have and you can do what he says you can do. Once again, in Psalm 91, verse 16, it says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. In other words, all the promises that are in Psalm 91, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 in my right hand, but it shall not come near me. It goes on to say, with long life, I will satisfy and show you my salvation. In other words, I'm telling you, all these promises in Psalm 91, or go back to Psalm 23, is all hinged on the shepherd, the overseer of your soul, and staying under the shadow of the Almighty. That is the key word, abide. That means we're going to have to learn to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we hear his voice, the voice of a stranger we do not follow. This is key in all of this. When we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land, the Bible says. And so in Isaiah 54, verse 17, it says, no weapon. Formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Whether it's a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego situation coming through the fire right now in your life, you can come out with a, a scent of smoke on your clothes. Or you're in a Daniel situation where it feels like lions all around you. You can come out without a scratch on your body. And again, I know that there are times where there's people who like to argue doctrine and so on like that. Hebrews 11 is very clear that there are people who were tortured, they were persecuted, they were killed, they were martyred and all that. But the Bible makes it very clear they chose not to accept their deliverance. This is the key is because they could see something that was greater before them. That's between them and the Lord. If they choose not to accept their deliverance. But this is your covenant. This is your right. This is your heritage that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. You should be be strong and of good courage, as the Bible says we should be. So why? Because we stay under the shadow of the Almighty. Because why? We abide to his word. That he is our general, he is our dad, but he's also our father. And we need to respect him and his word. And when we do, we will get what the word says we can have. In Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8, I love what the passage says here. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade. At your right hand, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Say all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And this is where Jesus said, and this is so important as we close this up today. Jesus said, if you're, if you're afraid to lose your soul, if you're afraid to lose your life, you're going to lose it. But if you're not afraid, because this is what holds people in bondage. They're ultimately a slave to the fear of death. 
When we are at a place where we become fearless and we're not afraid of dying, then Jesus said, that's when you will truly live. We've got to make a decision as God's people to stop being afraid of death. And if you will make this decision to say, God, I, I'm, I don't like fear. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And I need to get rid of this fear in my life because I know that your word says that fear torments the soul, but your love is what flushes out all fear, as the apostle John said. So this is where it all comes back down to, is if you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, he will wash you in his word. He will wash you in his presence and he will literally flush out the fears in your life. I don't care how big or how small those fears may be. Everyone has to deal with fears, unfortunately, because the earth that we live in, it's a fallen world, and the God of this world is Satan himself, who's after to steal, kill, and destroy. The word steal comes first. In other words, he's after the word, Jesus said. He wants to steal the word from your heart. You may be encouraged right now today hearing the word of God, but this is where we've got to let it get down deep into our soul. We've got to let it get down into our heart. We've got to think it. We've got to breathe it. We've got to begin to experience it visually. We've got to take time to let God meditate on the inside of us, his scriptures, and let it come alive. Because if you will meditate in his word day and night, then you will prosper and then you will succeed, Joshua 1.8 says. So I want to close it with this concept once again. If you're not afraid to die, then you will live. Be strong and of good courage. And as a result, God will take you places you never dreamed possible. It is your time to rise up and to be fearless. Why? Because you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you receive this today, will you say amen? We never like to close our services here at High Point Church without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It would be my honor and my privilege to introduce you to my very best friend, and his name is Jesus. So if you've never made that decision, Romans 10, 13 reminds us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter, in other words, what you've done wrong. All that matters is what Jesus Christ has done right for you and for me. And if you will call on his name, you will be saved. Let me take it one step further. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at one point in your life, but you've not been following him the way that you could or should. On a scale one to five, you used to be five, passionate for Jesus. You used to be passionate about the word of God, but today you're saying, Pastor, I'm really not where I used to be or where I should be, and I'd like to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ today. I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, there is no distance in the Spirit. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, but I want you to pray it from your own heart as well. You can say it out loud wherever you're at. I don't care if you're listening to this message in your car. I don't care if you're listening to this message at home. I want you to pray this prayer with me, and I believe God will do a miracle right now. And he will wash away the old, wash away the sins, and he will make you a new creation in Christ Jesus where old things have passed away and all things become new. Let's pray this prayer together. Would you pray this out loud wherever you're at? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
I believe if you prayed that prayer today, you received a miracle. You believe that with all your heart. And I want to reassure you right now that there are angels in heaven rejoicing over you. The Bible says that even when one person repents of their sins, the Bible says that angels begin to rejoice. They're having a party on your behalf. And we want to congratulate you and commend you. Could you do me a great big favor and contact this ministry and let us know the decision you just made to receive Jesus Christ or you recommitted your heart to the Lord and we will send you a gift here from High Point Church. If you don't have a Bible, that will be one of the gifts that we will send you. We'll send you your very own Bible so that way you can get started in the roadmap to your success, which is your victory lane, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, the book for you and me. We want to encourage you to read at least one chapter a day. Also, if you do not have a good Bible-believing church, we want to encourage you, would you consider giving High Point Church one year of your life? And I promise you right now that God will take you out of this place better off than you ever were before you ever came here. So let me tell you, God wants to do a miracle in your life. He loves you. He treasures you. It's so important that you join together in a great Bible-believing church. We'll be here for you, praying for you. It's an honor that you came to uh, listen to us online today, and we hope to meet you in person very, very soon. So thanks again so much for joining us. We want to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings today. There's multiple ways that you can do this. If you're on our website, or if you need to get on our website, it's uh, highpointchurch.com. Again, highpointchurch.com. And there's a button a give button. You can just give uh, through the website. If you want to text in your offering, you can just text uh, the word HP Church at 77977. And last of all, if you're on our website and you would like to mail in your offering, you can certainly do that. Just go down to the bottom of the website and there is our address for the church. You can mail in the offering. We so appreciate the generosity and the love that uh, this church continues to share with us. You've literally helped us to take this message around the world. These last couple months, you have been such a gift and a blessing to us. And we want to say thank you for your commitment, your loyalty, uh, for helping us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ all around this world. Together, we're stronger. Together, we'll go further. And together, we are better. Thank you so much again for joining us. We pray till next time. May the Lord bless you and prosper you, make his face shine upon you, and give you great grace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen.